0: Hi, you're very welcome to Forget the Numbers. This week we're looking at last-minute exam advice considering it's exam week next week, as well as chatting about a couple of topical news items including the recent Johnson & Johnson court case and what's currently going on in the Amazon rainforest. I'm Katie and I'm joined today by Alan. Hello, everybody. So, Alan, what, what advice would you give to the guys this week considering you know the exams are starting next week?
1: Well, I think the first one is like stop panicking because it's getting you nowhere. <laughs> easier so, said than uh, done. <laughs> it is easier said than done, but... like it is It is something that like can't be changed. The timing of your exam can't be changed. When you have to get up and get ready can't be changed. So it's kind of, to an extent, it's accepting that fact and, and kind of moving on and saying, OK, well, it, that horrible phrase, it is what it is, but it is and time will tick away and staring at your clock isn't going to get you there any slower. Um, so it's kind of... I sometimes think the best thing about an exam is just embracing the fact that it's on and trying to be as positive about it and not by saying, well, what happens if I fail? Um, but maybe thinking, well, what happens if I actually do a bit of work for the last few days and I pass? So it's getting yourself into that positive mindset will certainly help. Um, but I think what we'll do today is just we'll give a few um Tips. There is a podcast. If you go back in our list of podcasts, there is a much longer podcast called the Exam Playbook. Um so if you have a bit of time, maybe I'd recommend you listening to that. But today we're gonna go through quick pieces of advice about what you can do between now and the exam. So some of you are listening to this thinking, well, my exam is in a day or two, will it really help me? And some of you might have that luxury, it won't be until later on the following week. So you'll have different timings. Um but what I would suggest is that there's a few things that you should definitely do um, kind of the night before the exam um, or the day before the exam. And I think this is part of anybody who's doing a crash camp. We'll see this is a big part of what we're suggesting for the night before. And a lot of students might think, oh, I'm not doing a question. I'm not reading a book. Will it, re- will it really, really help me? But what you do the night before Isn't you're not going to learn a whole subject. No, there's only so much you can do at that point. So what you are going to get tonight before is those last minute tips to drag every little mark out of what you know, and sometimes it's about what the people are telling you from ACCA. So tutor exam um, report debriefs—they're a huge thing. They've been up there for a number of weeks. We hope you've watched them by now. Even if you've watched them ten times, watched them an eleven time. but get in your head: What is the examiner looking for? What What did the examining team the last time people took this exam? What did they say people did well? What did they say people didn't do well? And then do those parts well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if, any, if somebody tells you, "I don't like," to, it would be much better if you did this thing. If you went left instead of right. Well, why would you go right? When you know that somebody <laughs> will give you credit for going left. Yeah. And it's kind of the same thing. So
0: I think that's an important point with that in particular, because I'm sure students like we do advise watching or looking at those exam reports kind of early on in your study. But I think it's a really important point to like, it should nearly really be the last thing you do as well before the exam, like just to really reinforce and remind yourself exactly what they don't want to see in the exam. Yeah.
1: So it's not about knowledge, it's about, eking every mark from the knowledge that you have. It's not about worrying about at this stage about the knowledge that you don't have. So the other thing to look at is the exam support webinars. Um, when we had webinar week, we looked at every single subject individually. So we had a specialist tutor talking through. So whatever your subject is, and they've taken their experience and their tips, and they've also looked at the debriefs, and they've said no. So here's the combination of what you should do best. Um, something that's been really popular with students has been our five-minute-to-pass videos. Um, and they're really, it's a bit like what you said, there, yeah. Katie. It's kind of, it's your last minute checklist. Yeah. What are the three or five things that I need to make sure I do to give me the best chance of passing? And, it's the
0: perfect thing to do, I think, the night before an exam. Yeah. Watch those five minutes. And
1: before. even the morning, go, like whether you're on the bus or the train or you're sitting outside the exam hall, the beauty of them is that they are five minutes. Yeah. And to get a reminder going in, because they are subject-specific um, and each examining team does have a little bit of their own feelings about how things should be done because some are going to be numbers based some are c b e some are handwritten so they are they do have their own kind of unique characteristics, and again, fulfilling one of those characteristics that might not be knowledge based um might be that difference between getting forty nine and fifty um, and I think the biggest the most ignored resource out there is the technical articles. And these are articles written written most of the time by the examining team of individual subjects. The links are all on our website, but just put in, if you put in financial management technical articles into Google, they'll come up. And have a look at the last two or three articles that were written by the examining team. Um, For example, in SPR, um, nearly a whole question in the June sitting was to do with a report or an examining article that that was written, um, I think it was released in April and a student had read that article, you could have kind of got the 15 easiest marks you've ever done yeah. in ACCA. So read those articles. And if you add in the like report debriefs, the webinars, the, the five of the past video, reading a few articles, that's probably two to three hours of work if you do it properly and if you take your time in it and it really sinks in. Um, and that's what I would be concentrating the night before my exam. I certainly wouldn't be reading manuals maybe do a question or two if it makes you feel more comfortable. Yeah,
0: I think you're just going to panic yourself more if you start looking at more content um, the actual night before the exam. But that's really good advice in the days running up to the exam. Um, Anything in particular maybe on the day of the exam?
1: Yeah, (laughs) we always say this because we hear stories every year from students who are saying, I was late for my exam or I couldn't get into my exam because I was late. Don't be late. (laughs) I could ever, like, find out where your exam hall is and find out how long it'll take to get there and get there an hour early and I don't know look at five minutes to pass videos whatever it might be but like you see people arriving into an exam and you're sitting there and they're arriving in the last minute, and they're sweating and they're panicking. They've lost the first twenty minutes just calming down from because yeah. they're still thinking about the bus that was later, the train that was later, their lift that was later. It's too much traffic, or it's somebody else's fault that I was later. My alarm clock didn't work. Whatever it might be, you're all adults now. You shouldn't be worried about alarm clocks and traffic. You make sure you're early I and mean, plenty of time um, for the exam. But there's a few things that you should do in the exam um, planning. Planning is so important and it differs between subjects. And yes, we would say an hour for SBL and you probably have about 15 minutes across most other exams. But like read the question. Don't give the answer of the question that you want to give. Give the answer of the question that they're asking. It's really important. It's kind of, oh, I see leasing there. I'm going to tell them everything I need to know about leasing. Yeah, that's
0: such an important point.
1: Yeah. If there's one thing that the examining teams are getting more intolerant about is you telling them what they already know. They already know what's in the books. They already know the, the theory behind leasing. What they don't know is they don't know your interpretation of the question that they're asking. And that's what they want to know. And that's what you will get your marks for. Um, layout and structure. Don't. This is still so important. And yes, in some subjects you get professional marks. And people think, oh, you don't get professional marks for your layout or structure. It's not important. If an examiner has to trawl through your messy handwriting. It's not clear that how many points you have. You're not using paragraphs. You're not... Yeah, you're just frustrating the them. You and are, and it's just... You're not making
0: it easy for them to just give you the marks.
1: Yeah, and you want to make them as easy as possible. You want the examiner on their side. And remember, the only thing they know about you is they're judging all the work that you've done. You're judging all the effort that you've done. They're judging everything that you did in that exam when they open up the first page. When they see the first page... They've already, and I've marked thousands of exam papers, they already, it's human nature, you can't help yourself. Yeah. You're making a judgment, you kind of go, look, this is really neat and laid out, I think this student will do well. Or you open the page, this is impossible to read, this is going to take me a really, really long mm-hmm. time to go through. Oh, why do they make it so difficult for themselves? And automatically, there's a much more positive outlook in the first one. And if they're much more positive about it, they might say, oh, well, I see what they've written here. It's, been, it's well presented. I can get what they're getting at. I think there's a mark in there somewhere. But if they can't read it, it just makes yeah, it Yeah, I mean,
0: they're different. professional exams. So like I think it's important early to put yourself in a work mindset because yeah. if you're given a task in work, you're going to lay it out a certain way. It's going to be really clear, concise. Um, so you kind of just have to bring that into the exam situation.
1: Yeah. And so you go into this exam with all this knowledge... Again, remember, the examiner knows all the knowledge. What they want you to do is apply it to the scenario. Every question you get has a scenario. It might be two minutes or two lines. It might be 10 lines. In the SBL, it might be a whole case study. Every time you give a solution, you should be mentioning a case study. Every time you make a point, it's because you read something in the case study that has led you there. If you're making points that are not related to the case study, you are just losing marks or not getting marks, but you are losing time. Or in things like SBL, where there's a lot of professional marks, if you're not getting to the point, you do not get professional marks. So please be aware of that. And then finally, the biggest biggest thing is time management. And we still see students saying, oh, I didn't get to the last question, but I answered the other questions really well. I, if you give out a 20-mark question, that means you have to get 50 out of 80 instead of 50 out of 100. Yeah just think about how much more difficult that is. So time management is really important. If it's a 20 mark question, it's a 38 minutes that you spend answering that question. When that 38 minutes passes by, leave a blank, leave a spot page, the rest of the page, the next page and move on to the next question. If you've got time later, answer that. But I would say you've probably got 80% of the marks in the first 50% of the time that you're answering a question. So by every extra minute spending on an exam question, you are losing time because you're not not starting the next question. And that's where the easy marks are always in an exam question, when you start writing first. And then when you get into the question a bit more, then you're kind of really trawling your brain. What else can I say? But those easy marks are the first few minutes. So make sure you get as many easy marks in the exam as you can. And time management is a really good way towards getting those easy marks.
0: I think even a point to note there, especially um, in the planning stage of your exam. I know for me personally, like I've sat a lot of exams in the past. And I just think it's a good bit of advice to start with okay like your best question or your favorite question just to try and settle you down like the, that first half an hour of an exam you're, you're in a different environment you, you might be all over the place with your nerves and I just think start with the, with the question that you're comfortable with get stuck into it that you can really attack and start writing like even like I noticed at the start of an exam my writing might be a bit funny because I'm nervous so just uh, I would always start with kind of the question I'm most comfortable with. If you're enjoying listening to the Forget the Numbers podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you could rate us on your podcast provider. Our first news story today um, is in relation to Johnson & Johnson, who are set to pay $572 million for its role in the opioid addiction crisis in Oklahoma. So over 6,000 people um, in Oklahoma have died of overdoses since 2000. And in the US in general, I think the overdose deaths are up at around 400,000. So Johnson & Johnson have said they would appeal this decision, but it's just, it's an interesting one seeing where this is gonna go. What's your your take on this?
1: I think the interesting thing about this one is, I think it's the multiple court cases that it'll lead to. and again, when students are looking at such a case for like their SBL exam or even a short scenario in an exam, um, it's really interesting because it's, there's lots of things in here, not only is it cost and the possible future and current financial impact on the company, um, but all other companies will be looking at that. And like the emissions scandal, when it started with one company, it kind of spread very, very quickly. Um, and then it's also the reputation risk um, of yeah. these companies as well.
0: I think it's kinda of the issue is really like this trade off between companies making money and then their corporate social responsibilities. <clears throat> so I have like I have a quote here from the state's attorney general who said, There's no question in my mind that these companies knew what was going on at the highest level. They just couldn't quit making money from it and that's why they're responsible. So
1: It sounds very similar to some of the comments that were made about cigarette companies all yeah. those years ago really, doesn't it? And uh they're not saying that they're the same, but there's certainly um, some similarities in there. And and I guess when it comes to medication, um, people kind of put their trust in these big companies, and they think they've done everything they should do to kind of protect them. And when they're when you can go in and buy something over the counter, there's an element of well, it can't be that bad for me because I can yeah. I can just go into a shop and buy it. Like what well, like, well, can be that bad for you that I can buy as much of it as I want and there's no protection. So. Um, it'll certainly be one of those things that will rumble on and on, you would think. 22nd story. Yeah, we'll just go straight into it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Our next use. Sorry. Our next news story is in relation to what's going on the last few weeks in the Amazon. So this is something I personally am finding really interesting. and It'll be interesting to see what way this goes. But the Brazilian government have just turned down a roughly uh, it's $20 million offer of aid to combat the fires. Um, G7 leaders had already committed to help, but the Brazilian president said he's waiting on an apology from his French counterpart in relation to accusations that he's been lying about fighting climate change.
1: Yeah, as well as the French president waiting for an apology because the insult to his Yes, also his that. Wife There's or partner. two sides. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> become quite a little battle. Um, and it's a shame because um, it's the future of Brazil and probably the world that's been eroded as those fires continue and it's become into a a political spat that you'd expect to see on a TV show and not really that it's kind of impacting people. Yeah, it's not about the bigger picture. It's not about the bigger picture. They're not thinking of the future generations. They're not caring about the future generations there. it This has become a and I, I guess it's what I always associate with when people talk about politicians is it their own ego Um, and it's like there was a survey done in the UK recently um, and the majority of MPs in the UK believed that they should do what they think is right um, irrelevant of whether the constituents are happy or unhappy Mm. Um, but the majority of constituents think that the MPs should do what the constituents want whether or not the MPs agree or not which is kind of what's happening with Brexit at the moment Um, and it is this whole egotistical thing that happens politicians um, I didn't think that we have a political debate today, but it is that whole uh, political uh, egotistical thing that that has a real effect on people.
0: Yeah, and I mean, like they do hold sharply different political views, but I mean, is he in a position to turn down this aid at this point? Because you know, the Amazon—they're calling it the lungs of the earth. Like it's yeah. it's vital.
1: Well, the only the sad thing is is that he is in a position. Well, yeah, and, and that, that's, that's, that's the a, issue. And that's the issue is that um, when people like that. Um, are put in power, Um, unfortunately, this is the result of it.
0: Each week, at the end of the show, we answer questions sent in by our listeners. You can send your questions in by email to podcast at learnsignal.com or tweet us at LearnSignal. So we'll move on to our student questions now. And I guess just the main, the common theme uh, the last few days, the last week is... You know, some students mightn't be as far along in their study as they'd like to be at this point. The exams are in a few days and we've just been getting a lot of questions. Is it still possible for me to pass at this stage? But I think it's always possible with the right approach. But what's your...
1: Yeah, I don't think anything's impossible. Um, It might get slightly more unlikely, but I don't think it's impossible. I think some of the tips that we gave earlier in the podcast certainly apply to this question. Um, I think it's a mindset thing at this stage. Um, and I think it's how committed, if you're listening to this on a Saturday again, you might have two days to the exam or you could have six days to your exam. So obviously, um, the later in the exam week from when you're listening to this that, that your exam is on, the more likely you are to um, to have a bit more time. Um, but I do think it's mindset and again it's whether or not you kind of go and say I've no chance of passing this and be really negative or just kind of say you know what what have I got to lose of putting of being positive and putting everything I can into that and getting those key pieces of advice and again it's not about knowledge at this stage it is about it is about process too and process is not a kind of process is kind of getting your right planning on the day and it's writing it properly and making it easier for an exam examiner to mark. It's all those type of things. Um so is it possible? Yes. Um but you kinda have to you kinda have to believe it to a certain extent.
0: Yeah, I think it's important as well if particularly if you've more than one exam if it doesn't go right for you in that first exam, just try not to dwell on your mistakes or if you come out of the exam and realise you've done something totally wrong, there, there's nothing you can do at that point and it's all about your reaction at that stage and how yeah. you come away from that. And the best reaction is to just go home, put it out of your head and refocus for the next one.
1: Yeah, and just, just keep on going. They are professional exams, so be professional and accept the fact that they are difficult and hard. Um, so I think we'll leave it there for this week. Um Thank you, Katie. Thank you,
0: Alan.
1: And we will talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. And best of luck in your exams. Good luck.